0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Design Intervention Podcast, a fashion and design podcast hosted by two professionals in the industry. Hi, I'm Susan. And I'm Nicole. This week, we will be talking about the life cycle of children's apparel from concept to when it's on the retailer's floor for selling. Last podcast, we only touched upon our design process. This is only the first step of the full life cycle of a garment. So I think uh Nicole we should talk about uh, last week we we just delved into our creative process but there's a whole other process after that. Yes, yeah, so what happens once those
1: pretty pictures as one of my old owners of the company used to call them, what happens when they're designed and the boards are all pretty and ready to go and be shown what's the next step. So we just wanted to say also, we took a week off for the holiday, hope everyone had an enjoyable holiday season as best that it possibly could be considering I'm sure the gatherings were smaller this year, but I actually really enjoyed the change and it was actually a really... Very nice Christmas. So I hope everyone else had a great holiday. <laughs> I think I think we all got back to basics this year. Oh, definitely, <laughs> so so basic. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it makes you realize like what's important, and you know, just spending time with your close family and actually getting to enjoy them is a nice change. Totally agreed. Yes. Okay. So getting into the design process. So I'm going to start just because I'm out of it for two years. So Susan is going to chime in and correct anything (laughs) that I am leaving out and forgetting. Because again, I left the industry probably, it's going to be about two years this coming
0: April. So... Isn't that amazing? That time went by quick. The last time you were working, we were working together in the same company. Yes. Yes. So...
1: So, I'm going to start off. So, the boards that we talked about last week, as far as getting our process and designing those pretty pictures, they get shown to the either internal company or to the retailers. Actually, it would more be internal first. So, internal first, (laughs) they would make their selections based off what you would design. Anything that needed to be tweaked would then be tweaked. And then from that, Point, they would make their decision on which items we were going to find fabrics for, start sourcing for the fabrics
0: and materials. Susan, well, chime think, in. Right. Well, I think first, once those, the, I think internally, once those boards are shown, um, I think in, in this day and age, and it was much different 30 years ago, but in this day and age, now we show it to the retailers. And once they've made their picks, we go on from there. 30 years ago, we would have internally chosen, done the whole life cycle and then bought into things and sold it to the retailers. But 30 years later, the process has changed so much that uh, nobody wants to be stuck with piece goods or samples or garments uh, that they can't. So they almost design smarter now because in the past they would buy like 100 of
1: an item or 200 dozen of an item And then those garments would get produced, they would be line goods, and then they basically would sit in a warehouse until the buyers came in and make their selections and buy from those goods. The problem with that is that a lot of companies would get stuck with warehouses full of garments that didn't get sold. And then actually during, I know when I was at Children's Apparel and there was the recession, In 2008, Nathan and Children's Power was able to like clean out all those goods that they had because no one had goods because they were cutting back and they weren't designing and no one was buying. And then when the buyers came back and said, oh, we need goods. Do you have anything? He was able to clean out. But I think that from that point on, they really weren't doing that overage.
0: Yeah, I think there's a transition. There was a transition uh, period of a lot of manufacturers um, instead of producing for themselves and then selling, we now produce for the retailers. So the buyers come in, they look at the boards, they look at our bought samples, they make their choices from the board. And then from there, Mm -hmm. we start sampling. So part of the sampling process is... Okay,
1: so then part of the sampling process, you would have to determine what fabrics you're going to be using in those samples, you would then have to go into where you would do tech packs, so that you could get samples made. So some companies still have in house sample making other companies do it overseas, and they have a sample room overseas. So depending on there's more control if you have the sample room in house and less control if you have it overseas. So tech packs would be done once those styles are picked so that the sample making process can start. And Susan, chime in at any time if I'm leaving
0: anything out. (laughs) I will, don't worry about it. (laughs) Okay,
1: so technical packages would be done off of those designs. So what is included in a technical package is all the detail information from the size of the buttons and the stitches and the coloration of all the different fabric components clearly listed out again, chime in because it's been a minute, all the artwork sizing, the colors of the artwork, all the details of that specific garment are included in what are called tech packs and other companies may call it something differently, but it basically is that package that gets sent overseas or gets shown internally to the spec department
0: so that they can then do their specs. Right. Well, I think I think in. For, for that spec, um, I think for the tech pack, packages, the tech, uh, the spec sheet is added, it is included. So yes. we work with technical designers that will take our sketches, our bought samples, and then they'll add a spec sheet with that so that the factory will have everything. They I always call it like the birth certificate of of a, of a garment. So you have everything there. You have the cover sheet where it's the coloration of what that, that garment's supposed to look like. And then you have your technical black and white uh, garment where it has all those details. Um, and then you have all the list, list fabrics and colorations and trims. And then you have an art page if maybe there's an all over print for the top or the bottom uh, that's added. And then and those will all be to size like actual size
1: print page, actual size art page, if there's any embroideries, all the embroidery stitching details, if there's any kind of steel stitch, all that information is included in that tech pack and then it can be also your rib heights your binding height so if it's three eighths inch binding that would be included so
0: it's super technical and not creative at all right so this will then be sent overseas or it'll be done in-house either way there's they'll still use it either way Um, and then they'll come up with the pattern create a prototype so the prototype can be done in whatever available fabric the uh, factory has. Um, a lot of times we work with a factory overseas in the Philippines, and what they do is they'll send me a prototype of a first garment, and then on those images, I'll draw out all the corrections. If it's hiking in the front, or if it's the sweep is too big, or if the arm length is too big or the shape of something and I'll draw on top of these photos to give them a better understanding of the look or the styling that I'm going after once that's complete they will then um, sample it in the fabric that you've requested and then they'll ship it to you And it's always super
1: important to have any kind of reference material that you can that will help the process go smooth. So, if there's a fabric that you want to use that's from a store sample and you can show that when it's being sourced, it's great to have that fabric. If there's any trimming details, any ribbons, anything that you want that is special, A picture is not going to be as good as having an actual sample that you can reference. You're going to also want to show that bought sample to the spec department because, especially if there's any kind of smocking or ruffle details or anything that's new and creative, you don't just want to work off of an internet picture. You want to have a sample for that. And typically, what I would do, because we would design a lot and then a lot of times you would overbuy samples. So, what I would do is when it was started getting closer to things being solidified. I would then purchase all those samples. A lot of times, that I didn't buy, you know, if I didn't have every single piece and I kind of was waiting to see if something wasn't too trendy or too fashion forward, I would then buy those samples. Right. I know with Walmart, it's a little
0: different, there's a lot more samples, but all right. So, I uh, so while this is getting done, uh, the, these uh, tech packs are always. Used for the costing, so mm. you know while we're working on the first fits and the protos and all of that, you'll have your production team and your PD team, your you know product development team, sourcing the fabrics for it, and then production will figure out um, the fabrics that you're planning on using it for it. They look at the patterns, they look at the markers where they lay out for the width of the goods, the pattern pieces. So to see what the utilization is of this fabric um, to help with their costing. And they'll come up with their cost sheet to tell you your garment that you're designing. This is going to be our cost. And then, of course, they have their formulas where, you know, they have their built in percentages of their markup of what they what they need to make in order to make a profit. Um, and it's usually between 20 and 30% that they really like to keep a markup of. Um, but it'll depend. It, sometimes it'll be lower if it, if there's a lot more units. Uh, it'll just depend on the programs um, and, and who the retailers are. So and once- then, I, yeah. Okay.
1: I was just going to chime in and add on. So sometimes when it goes to that costing process- The fabric or the trim or whatever the item is that's new and fresh that might be too expensive. So at that point you might have to start getting creative you might have to either source an alternative fabric that's a little bit cheaper but still gives you the same look, or you might have to just do maybe it's a fur that you want maybe it only goes on the front and the back is a knit so you have to start getting creative in how you use that fabric that is too expensive to keep the cost down so a lot of times once it goes through that costing stage if it's too expensive you have to start making
0: tweaks based off of the price that's design engineering <laughs> yes so <And> being creative <laughs> absolutely or you know maybe you know you bring the sweep in on a dress or on a top mm-hmm. Um, and you save on some of the consumption of the goods. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're all different, you know, or, you know, all different ways of uh, lessening the the price. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Like, I'd always say, if I add five ruffles, I know they'll end up with three. (laughs) Yeah. So I always start with more, knowing that they're going to take stuff off. Right. Um, So once that's done, the samples are really going to be, your selling tool—that is the selling tool. I think in this day and age, we have a lot of CAD work. I've been doing a lot of of three D on browseware on Loda, so I've been really doing a lot of stylization on three D avatars. Which so speak is- about
1: all of that, because I never even worked on that. <laughs> so I'm not even actually familiar. So I think like break that down, because it's not even clear to me when you say that. So. What is it
0: exactly? So what does there, this program look so like? 3D, 3D styling has come about in the last few years. Um, and a lot of pattern makers will design their patterns right on this browseware platform. Um, there's a specific name to V Stitcher on that. So they'll actually do the electronic patterns and then take these pattern pieces and stitch them together onto the avatar. Uh, and then this way they use actual uh, fabric. Um, what's the word I'm going to say there, there's certain. So it drapes the it way drapes that the specifically, fabric. Uh, right. So there's certain. Is
1: they have to input the fabric. I remember that because yes. it was kind of so coming at the end of a knit or
0: a woven and they'll have in their library, certain uh, fabrics. And depending on what they use, it'll drape differently on the avatar. And so they have, obviously, if you have
1: a woven, it's going to be stiffer. If you have a knit or a chiffon or a type of fabric like that, it's going to drape and be softer. So you always have to be aware of that. Continue. Sorry.
0: <laughs> so it'll depend on the, um, the diff. The, uh, I'm trying to come up with this word and I'm going to, I'll figure that word out at the end of this <laughs> podcast, but, um, there's certain. Parameters. Uh <laughs> Anyway, so th- uh they have th- this these fabrics and they'll have to put put that in and then it'll come to me as the designer blank. So then I will take that blank body that has the draped style on it and I will then put prints on there or textures. So when you get it it's what, white. Or right. Or We've been really doing Muslim. a lot with just no. It's just blue. Actually, we decided oh, okay. uh, company wide that we're just going to have our blanks or our protos in three D in blue. So okay. then I take those and then I make PNGs of all my different um, textures or patterns, and I fill the body or the style on the avatar in that. So then you have more of a three dimensional. Um, version of your flat sketch so So it's
1: kind of like an in-between of the flat sketch
0: and the actual sample right so they've been depending a lot on this and you know it goes back to even about um sustainability that this 3d was supposed to take place of protos or first fits because this was really true to life they used the actual uh three for for me the 3t form the, um, the actual fabrics, and the actual pattern pieces. I think it has a ways to go. I don't think it's 100%. Sometimes it's just not right. And I think it's just the program. But I think, you know, as they develop and as years go on, I think that it will just improve as time goes on. So a lot of the retailers, or actually Walmart is, requests that once you do your your initial design CADs. And once they've chosen the garments they want, they wanna see these styles in 3D. So that has to be then, that's the newest type of board presentation board is the 3D boards. Um, and then we're gonna continue on to our, our sampling and you know they choose what they have, the costing goes through. And then um, once they've chosen it, we as a company have to take that and place the order. So they'll place the order for gray goods, for piece goods, for trim, uh, based on the units that they've sold, uh, based on the mar- how the marker sets out. Uh, so they'll place their order for X amount of, of yardage that has to be purchased. That has to then get shipped to the factory. Uh, the factory takes that in, they you know lay it out, they cut the pieces. And they have to produce it. I think, oh, I don't know about you, but there's so many times I'll tell somebody I'm a children's wear designer. And just for an example, I'll, I'll say, yeah, I'm designing, I'm designing fall, you know, 2021. What? What do you mean? It's, it's a year later. Well, yes, because it takes time for us to, again, go from concept all the way to production. And you have to start a year early. It so let's terrible. talk about that. Yeah. Cause
1: as you were talking, I was kind of mm-hmm. jotting down. So let's right. talk about the timeline. And now again, I'm out of it for two years. So you're going to have to chime in. So we would say that step one is the design process. Mm-hmm. Typically say it was Walmart or the line that could be what, what would
0: we say two months or a month for designing? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Or or longer. It just depends on the reworks or, or, or all of that, but yes. So we'll go on to so that. I think that there's,
1: it's important to know that there's this time period where you really get to do what you want and you get to be creative and you get to be in your zone and you're kind of left alone a little bit. This is in the beginning where they're letting you just be inspired and design, but then the powers that be come in and want to be involved and That may be before it's shown to the retailer like Walmart, or it might be after, depending on the timeline. Now, that could have changed in the two years, but that was what it used to be for me. And then once they would get involved, a lot of times when we first showed that initial showing to Walmart, there weren't as many tweaks. But then it was after they went out there and they presented the whole line to Walmart that they would come back with a ton of changes. Has that changed? Yeah, it's gotten worse. So
0: (laughs) okay, so speak about that. So the first thing would be what would we say though? Like a month to two months? Well let's go through the life cycle. And I think that um, in any in any manufacturing, uh there are always going to be tweaks. There's always going to be changes depending on styling or cost um or or demand. It just depends. So I, I think that once the samples come in and it's purchased and it's bought it then you know goes through production and once okay so before you get there though so we say the design
1: process we're gonna say is one to two months then we have the sampling of the packages what would we say normally that's like a week to two weeks uh just to kind of give like a reference
0: yeah i mean i think that would be safe to say um for, so for okay. like right now, they are just about to uh, go into production or start buying for fall. So mm-hmm. all of my stuff was already chosen for next year, uh, and piece goods were are being bought. And now mm-hmm. what happens is uh, I I'll work with somebody and I'll work on lab dips or on right. approvals and on qualities. So while they're buying that, we, we have to approve for quality, we have to approve for lab dips, we have to approve for trims. Um, all of that has to be approved before everything is purchased in bulk. So there now is are you process. talking
1: about the sample approvals, or you're talking about production right now?
0: No, I'm talking production. about production.
1: Okay, so f- to recap, There's the design process. We then go into the sample packages where your packages, your tech packs are being done. At that same time around is when the fabric sourcing starts happening, the costing starts happening from the costing department. Once it's all approved, you made your tweaks based off of what the cost was, based off what the fabric you could get. It then goes into the production process, yes, yes. where now once it goes to production, those text packs have to be corrected. Any details that were tweaked as far as art sizes, as far as colors, as far as any changes that were made throughout that process, either by the buyer or because of cost or because of the owner of the company, whoever it is, those changes then have to get made to get final tech packs Those tech packs are basically like the Bible. That's what's getting sent over to the production department overseas. So once those tech packs go overseas, now what Susan's talking about is the components of that sample or that garment are going to start coming in. So typically, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't remember, but typically they'll start
0: sending the base body fabrics that will start getting approved, the lab dips. So it'll depend but uh, you know again sometimes they'll they'll come to me with trims and I'm like I'm not approving anything until they see the body colors or the body fit, you know the the qualities of there so it'll start coming in uh they'll start a folder so you'll end up with a folder for say your top top fabric you'll you'll come in for your bottom fabric you know all of that and then for your trim and you have to remember that all of these components are going together. So what Susan's
1: talking about is if they come to her and they have the trim and they're trying to get it approved, she'll say, hold that, wait, I want to see the fabric for the body. And a lot of times, how many chances do you get at this point? Is it like three where so, you then have to pick Yeah. Well, as you, far as the
0: color? Yeah. Well, usually if if something happens on a first go around and it doesn't match, I have a little leeway to say um, nothing matches. Nothing matches. um, Come back. You know, it's too blue. It's too red. It's too light. It's too saturated. um, And then they'll come back and give me a, a second lab dip. I really try by the second. The third is the ultimate. By the time you get a third submit, if you don't like anything before that, you have to choose. Like at this point, you've run out of time. You've run out of options. The third submit is usually, I've never gotten past the third submit. I mean, And sometimes
1: when it gets to that point of being the third, if you know that it's still not hitting the mark, that's where you show it to either your merchandiser, your owner, whoever it is that that's that person that will take
0: the fall (laughs) that comes in (laughs) because you don't want to take it yourself. Right. Well, they have the ability to have the authorization to say, yeah, you know, and again, when I designed pre Walmart, we would have to do that and make those decisions. We're approving it, but it still goes to Walmart. They still have the final say on approvals for lab dips. They they do a whole um CTL testing for explaining CTL. What does that stand for? Oh no, you know really? I'm
1: just saying there might be someone who's like looking to go to design school that's in uh, high school that okay. doesn't now know
0: you just what me CTL <laughs> means. I mean, okay. I don't even know, but. Okay, I'll look that up and I'll, I'll get back to you on it. But it's their testing. Yeah. It's their it's Walmart's testing uh, lab where you send it to them and uh, they will test it for color fastness or crocking or wet crocking or. Um, for and then, then there's the mess. For, for a hazard or choking or all of that. So you'll have to get it in for testing. And for the colors, the box, the light box that has the different colors, the Macbeth box, I believe it is, Mm -hmm. right? And then we'll have different indoor lighting or UV lighting. And, you know, there's certain settings that you have to look at your lab dips under uh, to make your best. Call on the color using that. So they really have like a more of a scientific breakdown. So it's not just you bringing it to the window and saying, oh, this one looks good. Right. Because depending on your lighting. Absolutely. And if you're
1: in an office that doesn't have good lighting, then you don't want to be approving
0: the lab dips in that space. Right. Absolutely. So um once all those components are then approved, it, you know, the, the factory goes and starts producing. So the factory cannot go into full production until they take all the production components and they will make a first garment. It'll They'll make a PP garment. It's a pre-production. Okay, that's what PP stands for. <laughs> pre-production <laughs> garment. So they'll take ev- all the components that have now been sent to them that are production ready they'll make that garment it gets sent to to you to the retailer um you will make your last minute calls if there's anything that doesn't look right or you know usually at this point if something doesn't look right usually you're not changing much yeah you like, don't
1: really have no, you're not really that changing. many options right. cuz by the time they're sending that it's pretty much done yes,
0: absolutely but it's 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 really part of the process that you get this pre-production garment you approve that, and then they go on to production. So again, I'm not really versed on exactly how long, and it'll depend. It'll depend on how many units. It'll depend on the garment. Um, it depends on the capacity or or how full the factory is. On how long it will take them to produce those garments. But once they're produced, they're they're bagged. They're put on hangers. They're, you know, put in cartons, and then they're shipped to the warehouse. Um, And then from there, they will then be shipped to the store. So it might there might be a holding pattern and a holding time that might be produced, sit in a warehouse. And then there is a specific uh, ship date where the retailer will will take those boxes of goods in and may sit in the back storeroom for them. um, And then it's broken out and then put on their four ways. Um, and ready to be on the selling floor. So it is a huge process from concept to selling floor. Yes. And what would you say that timeline is? About another two months? Um, Yes. So again, we, you know, I do fall. uh, We're in the process of doing our approvals right now. And when we say fall, they're usually in store by I'm going to say June, July. You have fall goods. Okay, so um, that's usually the the end result of this whole life cycle process. So, um, so when somebody comes to you and says, "Hey, you're designing fall 21," yeah, it does. It takes it takes a minute to do that whole that whole process. Um, so I hope that this was educational and that you guys can understand the whole process of that. Um, we're looking forward to seeing you guys next week and, uh, we will delve further into, I think next week we're going to talk about, um, all the different titles that go. Yes. So next week we're going to go into
1: the assistant designer, the associate designer, the designer the merchandiser the design director the art director
0: and what all those titles are the requirements what and um, what and what does that all mean and and how how that works in your in in a design company so i think there's a lot of information today i will get back to you on that ctl (laughs) But overall, did you say
1: this, that the design process, typically, what would you say, like four to six months, like from the point of designing till it getting to the production and then when it's shipping into the store? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And that people have an idea. So that's how come we design so far in advance. It's almost a year in advance because it has to get to the store in time, because if it doesn't get to the store on time, then goods will get
0: canceled. Right. And and the retailers have a in part of the contract in receiving the goods. There will be a cancel date. If these goods are not delivered to them by a certain date, they legally can cancel the goods. And then as manufacturers, we're stuck with them. So it's really imperative that we make these deadlines. Um, and again, our fall ends up being delivered in the in the middle of the summer. So, uh, you know, we've all seen it. We've all gone into the store and in you know, after 4th of July and then all of a sudden <laughs> winter goods start, you know, back right. to school is, uh, you know, and the same with Christmas. Now that Christmas is over um, what's going to happen in January and February, you have full swimwear and resort wear and, and spring, you know, so we're, you know, I think the retailers are always on the floor It's to entice the, the customer with newness. So it's mm-hmm. always trying to show you the next season beforehand and really entice the buyer to, in the newness and the freshness and in the exciting right. new designs that are out there for them to purchase. Because if
1: you don't do that, then what's the reason for anyone to buy new? If it's all <laughs> just classic and basic, there's no reason. So they have to stay relevant and keep in business by showing newness and fresh
0: ideas. Absolutely. Yes. So okay. I think uh, we're going to wrap That's it up awesome. here and we will... <laughs> Speak to you guys next week.
1: Okay. Bye. All right. So, have everyone have a great week. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye.